Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this. All of My Mochi's fabulous flavors like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings or the midnight munchies. Yeah, you know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. Tonight, President Biden sticks with his deadline to withdraw from Afghanistan by the end of this month. But what does it mean for those desperately trying to leave? As the clock ticks to get out, the Taliban says they will block Afghans from getting to the airport. Tonight, the risk to our troops. The sooner we can finish, the better. And the secret meeting between the CIA director and the Taliban. Plus, we're at a U.S. airbase in Germany, where Afghan refugees are being housed after fleeing with nothing but a shopping bag. Mystery illness. Why the vice president's Asian tour was delayed. COVID deaths on the rise. Plus, New York's new governor imposes a universal mask mandate in schools. Flooding disaster. A Tennessee woman's chilling video moments before she lost her life. And the parents of those seven-month-old twins who were swept away. The water, when it, when it hit us, and it just pulled us under. Eviction struggle. We ride along with law enforcement as they're forced to evict thousands who fell behind in rent during the pandemic. Death of a music legend. Remembering Charlie Watts, the Rolling Stones drummer for nearly six decades. Our back to school series, how low pay, high pressure and the pandemic led to a nationwide teacher shortage. And keeping the dream alive, a mother on a mission to carry out her daughter's wish. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. And we're going to begin with some breaking news because just a short time ago, President Biden ignored pressure from world leaders and members of Congress and announced his goal is to get U.S. forces out of Afghanistan by his August 31st deadline. That is the original date agreed upon with the Taliban. Well, the president says that massive evacuation effort at the Kabul airport is on pace to be completed by the end of this month. But he is asking for contingency plans. He also warned that the risk of an attack on U.S. 
U.S. forces by an ISIS affiliate increases every day that the military stays in country. And the military has increased the pace of evacuations. In the past 12 hours, U.S. and allied forces have flown more than 11,000 people out of Kabul. But there's this new challenge. The Taliban said today they're no longer allowing Afghans to get to the airport. CBS's Nancy Cordes is going to lead off our coverage tonight from the White House. Good evening, Nancy. Good evening, Nora. The withdrawal deadline is now just seven days away, and the president was facing pressure from some key U.S. allies to stay in the country just a little bit longer and keep those evacuations going. But he's also getting pressure from the Taliban, which wants him out right away. The Pentagon plans to start withdrawing its 6,000 service members from Kabul as early as this week after the president announced that he intends to stick to that August 31st departure deadline. Every day we're on the ground is another day we know that ISIS-K is seeking to target the airport and attack both U.S. and allied forces and innocent civilians. With Afghans still clamoring to get out, G7 allies urged the president this morning to push the deadline back. Here at home, congressional Republicans and some Democrats made the same case. Don't pick the date. Solve the problem. Make sure every American is out. But the president argued the operation gets riskier all the time. Taliban leaders threatened today to prevent more Afghans, especially skilled Afghans, from leaving the country. And one Taliban spokesman told CBS's Roxana Saberi that any attempt to extend the rescue mission would be considered a violation. So, in light of that violation, it is up to uh, our leadership to decide what to do. CIA Director William Burns has been negotiating in Kabul with the Taliban's de facto leader as the U.S. military picks up the pace, evacuating 20,000 people a day from Kabul's airport, with flights taking off every 45 minutes. That brings the total number of evacuees since mid-month to more than 70,000. We are currently on a pace to finish by August the 31st. I've asked the Pentagon and the State Department for contingency plans to adjust the timetable should that become necessary. And Nancy, U.S. officials have been reluctant to give us a breakdown of how many of these tens of thousands of evacuees are American. But that really changed today. Tell us what you know. That's right. A Pentagon spokesman revealed for the first time that only about 4,000 of the evacuees are American passport holders. That means the vast majority are Afghan nationals, people who worked with the U.S. over the past 20 years and their family members. What we still don't know exactly, nor is how many Americans are left in Afghanistan who are still trying to get out. The president said today that his secretary of state will have some answers about that tomorrow. Yeah, that is President Biden promised if there's any American citizens in Afghanistan, he'll stay to get them out. Nancy, thank you. Well, tonight, the U.S. military is scrambling to process roughly 8,000 Afghan citizens at a U.S. airbase in Germany. For the Afghans, it's the first stop on their way to a new life far from home. CBS's Holly Williams reports from Landstuhl, Germany. At this giant U.S. military airbase, they're doing their best to feed, care for and entertain thousands of evacuees from Afghanistan. Their entire life possessions might be in a plastic shopping bag. 
This certainly helps to put things in perspective. This is just a way station for the Afghan evacuees. They'll stay here a few days before flying elsewhere, very likely the U.S., to start a new life. Rahmat Safari worked as an interpreter for U.S. Special Forces. If you hadn't got out, you work with U.S. Special Forces, what would the Taliban have done to you? They were going to kill me right away. He told us his family owe their lives to a former Green Beret who became a friend. His, his name is Greg Adams. He's back in the United States. He helped us a lot. Major Greg Adams is now a civilian. From his home in Seattle, he remotely guided Rahmat and other Afghan interpreters through the chaos at Kabul's airport using text messages. Is it too much of a stretch to say that Rahmat and other translators kept you alive? It's not a stretch at all. That's like that's what we know, and that's why we're working so hard to, to try to take care of them right now. Adams risked his life to fight the Taliban and says America now has a moral obligation to the Afghans who helped. I don't necessarily question the decision to leave. I think we could have done uh, a lot better job of, of planning for this and, and getting people out. More than 800 Afghans have already departed Germany for the US. Rahmat Safari told us his ambitions now are finding work and living a peaceful life. He hopes in Sacramento. Nora. Holly Williams in Lonstool, thank you. And there was some concern today as Vice President Kamala Harris continued her tour of Asia. Her flight from Singapore to Vietnam was delayed for several hours because at least one U.S. diplomat had to be medevaced from Hanoi over the weekend after suffering from a mysterious illness, possibly related to the so-called Havana syndrome, which has sickened hundreds of U.S. diplomats. The vice president did proceed with the trip after careful assessment. We want to turn now to the COVID pandemic. On her first day as the first female governor of New York State, Governor Kathy Hochul today said she will mandate masks for kids in school and weekly testing for teachers who don't get vaccinated. And even as death, COVID death rates are rising in 43 states, nearly 80 million Americans eligible to get a COVID shot have yet to. We get more now from CBS's Manuel Bohorkas. A day after the FDA gave full approval to the Pfizer vaccine, health officials are urging businesses to step up. You have the power to protect your communities and help end the pandemic through vaccination requirements. Dr. Anthony Fauci said the country could get the virus under control by next spring if vaccination rates rise. Get vaccinated and the time frame will be truncated dramatically. 18-year-old Danae Gutierrez of California says the FDA's approval swayed her to get the shot. Social media that gets you kind of brainwashed into thinking that sometimes the vaccine can be bad. Nationwide, the daily number of people getting their first shot has declined for 10 straight days, even as the highly infectious Delta variant pushes hospitals in some states to the brink. Today, Georgia's governor announced plans to send more than 100 National Guard members to hospitals across the state. Florida leads the nation in new COVID hospitalizations and is averaging more daily deaths than at any other time during the pandemic. You know, we have Pfizer, Moderna, and... Dr. Hussein Anand works in Miami Gardens, an underserved community in Miami. Miami-Dade County. I tell patients always, be careful what you read. Choose what you're reading from. Are you reading from CDC, FDA, or are you reading from Facebook? He's been leading efforts at this community clinic and online to combat misinformation and believes full authorization of the Pfizer vaccine will help. Having the full approval for Pfizer, how does that change what you do? That added an extra layer of trust uh, from our patients to say, okay, now, you know, it is safer to take the vaccine. 
His clinic is planning to host a drive-through vaccination event this Friday, but overall, government-run vaccination sites like this one are seeing a slowdown. The number of new vaccinations in Florida has been declining for 11 straight days. Nora? Manny Bajorquez, thank you. Tonight, the search continues for several people who still haven't been accounted for after devastating floods swept through central Tennessee, killing nearly 20 people. President Biden today approved a major disaster declaration for the state. CBS's Jesse Mitchell on the heartbreak in Tennessee. We're being flooded right now in Waverly, Tennessee. These are the last horrifying moments of Linda Allman's life as the devastating floodwaters started to rise outside her home. This is scary. Almond was home with her son before she started live streaming on Facebook. Oh Soon after, her house was swept away by the fast-moving flood. Her son survived, but Almond did not. She is one of at least 18 people killed in the deadly flooding. The unimaginable grief for some families here is just beginning. I held on to a tree for six and a half hours, screaming that I had babies at the house that needed rescue. Danielle Hall is mourning the loss of her seven-month-old twins, Ryan and Rayleigh, who were ripped out of their father's arms as he tried to hang on to them and his two other children. They was our life. They were so happy they made our life complete. People we spoke with either couldn't get through to 911 on Saturday or were added to a list of people just waiting to be rescued. By the time the woman who lived where I'm standing was rescued, her house was across the street and she was floating on a mattress inside. Nora. Jesse Mitchell, thank you. Well, tonight we're waiting to hear if the Supreme Court will uphold the federal ban on residential evictions imposed during the pandemic. Some communities are not waiting for a word. Tonight we go in-depth on this new eviction wave. CBS's Omar Villafranca reports from San Antonio. It's a quiet morning in San Antonio, but it's about to get loud. Constable Dolphin, you're on a route of possession. Bear County constables are evicting a tenant who may be armed. A dangerous job that requires backup. We could be somewhere in the area, so we have to remain alert. Deputy Laura Valencia is with the constable's office. You don't have the original keys? We followed her and her team on several evictions. Despite a federal ban, evictions have continued here. But there are fewer constables to do the job. There have been over 18,000 evictions filed in Bear County since the start of the pandemic. They expect that number to increase by three to five times once the CDC ban is lifted in October. Does it still get tough emotionally for you to have to go and do this? The tough part is just seeing the families that you have to tell them, you know, we've given you the 24 hours to vacate already. Michelle Medina and Josh Barkley know the pain of eviction. The 28-year-old couple has six children. They were evicted two weeks after Michelle gave birth to baby Ozzy. What was going through your mind? I was scared. I was crying constantly. Josh lost his construction job due to the pandemic. He was making $18 an hour. I'm barely managing, you know, to get back on my feet. They have been living at this Salvation Army emergency shelter for the past month. Whatever the cause is, just to stick together as a family, as a unit, and, you know, to be, you know, a better family also at the end of the day. And... You know, it's tough. You've got your kids, and I can tell you're a family man. What do you focus on to try to stay positive? My kids, you know, 
that's the only positive outcome that I have in my days. Their kids know money is tight, but they manage to throw a little party for their three-year-old's birthday. As they celebrate, one of their children brings a drawing home from school. It's a picture of the family in a house. That is what we want. We do need a house, and we are going to get one. A dream that, for now, only exists in a child's drawing. Omar Villafranca, CBS News, San Antonio. And our reporting continues tomorrow when we meet a landlord who's facing homelessness herself after not receiving rent money for months. All right, tributes are pouring in tonight for Charlie Watts. The Rolling Stones drummer died today several weeks after having surgery. Watts was the steady engine that drove the Stones for nearly 60 years. He brought a jazz artist touch to what's being called the world's greatest rock and roll band. Impeccably dressed, effortlessly cool, you could say. Some say he's the ice to Mick Jagger's fire. Charlie Watts was 80 years old. What a life. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight in our special Back to School series, we're looking into a growing problem for school districts nationwide. One survey found 75% of districts don't have enough teachers as the school year begins. Here's CBS's Nancy Chen. When students recently returned to Illinois' LaSalle Peru High School, the number of teachers didn't add up. Were you fully staffed when you started class? We were not. Superintendent Stephen Robleski says the pandemic has accelerated a teacher shortage years in the making. It would not be uncommon to have between 50 and 100 applicants in, in years past. And so now if we get between one in five applicants, that's a good day. Districts nationwide are facing similar problems. Nearly 30 percent of National Education Association members say the pandemic has led them to plan leaving teaching earlier than expected. And less college graduates are signing on to become teachers. Almost all 50 states reported teacher shortages for the 2021 school year. I need to cut these brownies. In Wisconsin, Anthony Schnell retired this June after 29 years of teaching, dedicating himself full time to his family's bakery outside Madison. It's much earlier than I expected, uh, at least five or six years earlier than I ever expected I would. I was a chemistry teacher, and you deal with numbers a lot, and numerically it only made sense for me to leave teaching. We will look more at that. Some districts are tackling the problems with teacher bonuses. Schnell calls the incentives band-aids, with former colleagues saying they too are looking to leave. The common refrain was, if I had something, I would do it too. And that scares me. It worries me a lot about the system. Forcing districts to ask who will be at the head of the classroom this year and beyond. 
Nancy Chen, CBS News, LaSalle, Illinois. For a parent, nothing could be more painful than losing a child. But a mom from Georgia is finding comfort in carrying out her daughter's wish to help others. Here's CBS's Janet Shamlan. When Vicki Bunky is getting ready for an open water swim, it doesn't come naturally. I'm a little bit claustrophobic, maybe a lot claustrophobic, so I don't like to put my face in the water. The Georgia mom, until recently, had never swam a full lap, making this all the more remarkable. Her daughter Grace was the family athlete. But a cruel diagnosis at age 11 of osteosarcoma, a form of bone cancer, meant the amputation of her leg. Grace could still swim and join the cancer fundraising group Swim Across America until her condition worsened. Did you ever imagine it would be terminal? Oh, absolutely not. We knew it was treatable and, and we just thought she would be one that would make it. When it was clear to the family she had little time left, Grace asked her mom to swim in her place. It was touching, but at the same time, it was a bit terrifying. She took lessons and just finished her eighth open water swim on the way to 14, Grace's age when she died. Raising thousands for research that might save others. Here you go. Not doing it alone. When I'm in the water, I do have a sense of peace. I think of Grace and I feel her presence. A life cut short as a legacy lives on. Janet Shamley in CBS News, Marietta, Georgia. Tomorrow in our Back to School series, Finding the Lost Kids, the search for students who haven't been inside a classroom in more than a year. That's right. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in our nation's capital. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most-watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.